Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. How are you today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Can we still say Happy New Year? I'm saying Happy New Year. We did determine that we can say it up until your birthday. This is the first episode of our new year, so first original episode, so I'm starting it off with a Happy New Year. Uh, Welcome to anyone who's listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast for the first time. Welcome aboard. We're kicking off. 2022 with the year 1985 in pop culture. Yeah, this year, this episode, we'll just talk about pop culture things that happened in that year. And I'll throw in some fun clip of whatever we talk about. Later this year, we're going to look at uh, songs that were played on our favorite radio station, KROQ. And then we're going to have some interviews. It's uh, it's going to be a whole year of 1985 type stuff. All right, well, 1985. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you might have seen that I posted a video of the very first video that VH1 played. Uh, and that's they debuted in, on January 1st, 1985. And that song was the Star Spangled Banner by Marvin Gaye. And you remember hearing that? I, I did was not a, remember until you reminded me. I was really into basketball back then. Uh, yeah, it was the Showtime Lakers. Rebound hit by Kareem to Scott. Here they go again. It's Showtime. And that's when basketball was exciting for me. And I remember watching the All-Star Game and watching Marvin Gaye and watching like screams of ecstasy of, you know, like, <laughs> we were like, Literally. like, well, this is the Star Spangled Banner, but you know, Marvin Gaye made it sexy. Can you see I didn't remember it from the All-Star Game, and I did not remember it from 1985, and I didn't remember it being the first song on VH1, so thank you for that. Sure. I'll, I can give you the uh, the first 10 songs they played. Uh, it was Star Spangled Banner, then Missing You by Diana Ross. So VH1 was for adults. This was not for you and I. We were just kids. We wouldn't listen to this, but now we, these songs still hold up, more so than the songs that MTV played. Those songs kind of disappeared, a lot, a lot of them. They're still in our hearts, but yes, they disappeared from, you know, from from the regular pop culture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Missing You by Diana Ross. You've Lost That Loving Feeling by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Nobody Told Me, John Lennon. Shaking You by Olivia Newton-John. I don't know if I remember that one. I do not. I'm sure I'd love it. uh, And uh, I'm probably going to play it right now because I really want to hear an Olivia Newton-John song. After All by Al Jarreau, 
Stepping Out by Joe Jackson. I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. I Knew You When by Linda Ronstadt. Always Something There to Remind Me by Naked Eyes. Those were the first 10 songs. Not too bad. I would not have been able to guess really any of those. Nobody should. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I don't mean, even we've... like you know. I don't even know who was hosting that show. I, I or if, you know who who the VJs were on VH1, the original VJs. Like we know the original five, Fab Five. And I'm going to look it up. Early ca- on camera personalities were New York radio veterans Don Imus, then of WNBC, <laughs> Frankie Crocker, then program director and DJ for WBLS, Scott Shannon of WHTZ. John Bowser Bauman from Shanana and Rita Coolidge. Those were the original Fab Five. Do you remember any of this? Vaguely. John Bowser Bauman. Yeah, he uh, he had the the big mouth that you like to like. Gene Simmons had the the big tongue, and John Bow <laughs> Bowser Bauman had the big mouth. Bowser wasn't Bowser mentioned in one of one version of Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. Bowser from Shanana, yeah, and Arthur Franzarelli. <laughs> exactly. See, I remember that. <laughs> Nicest guy in show business. Yeah. So, okay, there you go. Yeah, so VH1 made uh, its debut. Yes, and Uh, and speaking of TV. Okay. Do you know the top five TV shows in 1985? This is so, so 1985 and so (laughs) networky. All right. I just coined that term. All right, top five, top five TV shows. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. I'm afraid to tell you what number one is. Is it the A-team? No. <laughs> no. No. Well, then I don't agree with this list, but go ahead. The star of the number one TV show from 1985 is a bit problematic. Oh, okay. So the Cosby show. <laughs> yes. Family Ties, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like probably Thursday, like must-see TV type stuff. So what was it? Cosby, Family Ties. Go ahead. There is one more of the, the must-see TV. So number one was Cosby. Number two was Family Ties. Number three, which I believe was in the top viewing, you know, rated top show for years and years, uh, Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the perennial 60 Minutes. Okay. And cheers. Very nice. <laughs> Thursday on the Cosby Show, Denise's new boyfriend brings out the animal in Cos. He's an intelligent kid. He's an arrogant twilight zone. The Cosby Show. Then on Family Ties, Dad wants Alex in the family business, but Alex wants out. Daddy is a thoughtful, sensitive, caring man. I could pick up some bad habits from him. Thursday. Good list. Speaking of lists, 1985 was the debut of the David Letterman Top 10 list. <gasps> It was. Okay. So this, this is why I used to, uh, I used to record every episode and come home from school and watch Letterman. That was, that was my ritual. I mean, he was my everything. This was from September 18th, 1985. You know, you can't go anywhere these days without running into uh, somebody's top 10 list. So because these things are, are so, so popular and such solid network television programming material, we've decided tonight... Now comes the joke. We've decided tonight. <laughs> See, all of that is the setup. Here comes the joke. We're going to start our own top ten list. And tonight, I think we got a pretty good one. Tonight <clears throat> will be uh, late night's top ten words that almost rhyme with peas. Okay. Number ten, we have heats. Number nine is rice. Number eight is moss. Number seven, we have Ties. Well, we, you, Wait, it's a little late. What, what happened? We were going to score this whole thing for you. It was a little but... drum roll. Yeah. 
Where now I lost my place. Where were we? Oh, number seven is ties. Number <laughs> Number six is needs. Number five is lens. <laughs> number four is ice. Number three is kind of a surprise, nurse. <laughs> number two, we're getting very close now, is leaks. And the number one word that almost rhymes with peas, according to our poll, is meats. <laughs> we'll have those from time to time. This really sums up everything that I loved about Letterman. Just this lisp is just perfect. Genius. <laughs> He drew people into this top 10 list with that launch. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like, it's, it's, you know, most people would like scratch your head. Like what, what is that? Yeah. That means nothing. That's, but that's why it was so funny. It just, yeah, it works. I, 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 I just, uh, I loved it so much. I, guess, I just reading that list. I was just giggling. So. You were all in on the top 10 list. I was all in on whatever Letterman was doing. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Throwing it back okay. to you, what what is a, a good eighty five memory for you? Um, well, not so much a memory for well, I guess they're memories for me, but a list of people who got married. I, do you, you remember love marriage? Any of the, don't any you? Of the celebrity marriages? Yes, you're all well, about also... marriage. I'm sorry. Who got, <laughs> so who got married in eighty five? Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley. Nice. Okay. Any okay. First of all, how many of these marriages are still together? It's only. Uh, I mean, it's. It's a long time ago, but still, you would imagine if someone was married in 85, they if they truly loved each other or they were meant to be together, they would be together forever. So go ahead. Give me your list of couples. So I only took my top three marriages. Okay. And no, none of them are together. Okay. So it was, there was Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley. Yes. No longer married. There was Madonna and Sean Penn. Oh, perfect. And there was Sylvester Stallone and Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, that was a good one. Okay, so as you mentioned that Sylvester Stallone and Brigitte Nielsen got married, they were also part of a list that from 1985. Remember the the Raspberry Awards? Oh, yes, of course. All right, so for winner of Worst Picture goes to Rambo, First Blood, Part 2, which actually wasn't too bad. They also had Rocky Four on this list. Sylvester Stallone also won for uh, for worst actor for both roles, and Brigitte Nielsen did not win, but she was nominated for a Razzie for her role as Red Sonia in the movie Red Sonia. Her courage was forged out of fire. Her power, a gift of the gods. Her destiny, to become a glorious new hero. Red Sonia. So raspberries, yes. He won Razzies for Rambo and Rocky IV. However, those happen to be two of the top grossing movies of the year. So a lot of people, even though they won Razzies, a lot of people went to see those movies. Oh, I went to see them. I saw both of them. I love both of them. They were great. So you have the list of top movies. All right. What do you got? Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us. Uh, that was with, the yeah, Dan Aykroyd and... Chevy Chase. By the way, Spies Like Us is the movie that Dan Aykroyd met Donna Dixon. And I believe they are still married. 
I think you're right. And so what a sweet go. couple. So there you go. There's your happy, okay. happy ever after. Cocoon. Remember how old everyone in Cocoon was? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Wilford Brimley. Oh, yes, of course. Old, old fart. Yeah. You want to know how old he was in Cocoon? How old? His actual age. 51. But I think he always looked old. I think he, he always just had an old look about it. Sure. Him. All old timey actors had that old timey look. <laughs> But yeah, no, he, I mean, people who were 51 at that age, not everybody, I don't think, looked necessarily as old as Wilford Brimley looked. No uh, offense to Mr. Brimley. Sure. I'm sure none taken. It doesn't matter anymore. He's you know, not, but, not really know. around. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, Don Amici and Hugh Cronin, Brian Dennehy, Jessica uh, Tan. Yeah, these were, uh, they were supposed to be old, but they were, I think they were all in their 50s. Crazy. Okay. So number four, Rocky Four. Do you remember Rocky's nemesis for Rocky um, Four? Uh, uh, it wasn't, was it Apollo Creed? And, no. No, uh, no, I know. Wait, don't tell me. I think this was actually on Jeopardy this week. <laughs> okay, then you should definitely know it. Was it Dolph Lindgren? Yes. What the hell was his name? Go ahead. Come on. You got this. It's a great name. I know. I know the name. I can't think of it. Tell me. Ivan Drago. Oh, yeah. Such a, it's like a Russian mobster name. Oh, yeah. I must break you. Yeah. I love I love I love that movie as well. I loved all the then uh, number three I had uh, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, number two Rambo, First Blood, and the number one movie. Do you know what the number one movie is? I do, and we're doing it today, right? We're going Back to the Future. We are, yeah, Back to the Future. <laughs> we are in the future. I, I think even Back to the Future has gone. We've gone past Back to the Future, <laughs> yes, where they go have. to the future. Yeah, the ones you didn't list. I mean, there there are a lot of movies that still had a. a big impact on our lives that didn't hit the top 10 like the breakfast club 85 <gasps> breakfast club <laughs> <laughs> dear mr vernon we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong but we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are and you see us as you want to see us in the simplest terms with the most convenient definitions but what we found out is that each one of us is a brain and an athlete and a basket case a princess and a criminal does that answer your question sincerely yours the breakfast club who were you were you uh which uh, which character were you um i was not ally ally sheedy played uh allison reynolds i don't think i would na- i would know these names uh uh-uh. So um, Molly Ringwald, Claire Standish. Claire, that's right. There was Anthony Michael Hall, played Brian Johnson, the Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Judd Nelson was John Bender. And then we had, of course, Emilio Estevez was Andrew Clark. And yeah, and Allison Reynolds by Alishidi. Who'd you re- so who'd you relate to? I'm not remembering any of those names. Who did I relate to? Probably the the vice principal, right? Richard Vernon. That's who. Not exactly. Don't grab the <laughs> don't grab the bulls by the horn or what. I think that's a that's a rewatch. That's a rewatch. I'm putting oh. it on the list. Okay. You <laughs> who did you relate to, Dave, more importantly? Well, I know you weren't Jed Nelson. No, it was Brian Johnson, the the brainiac. <laughs> why do you have a why do you have a fake ID? So I can vote. <laughs> <laughs> very good i would put you as a little bit a little brian johnson and, and a little allison reynolds a little, kind of a combination 
and maybe a little John Bender. You had a little John, a little rebellious yeah. in you. Uh, probably. Smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. So that that was I, that was probably the biggest movie for uh, a nineteen year old back in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? So that yeah. Also, there was Fletch came out. Uh, Fletch. As, Fletch, one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Chevy Chase, one of the biggest stars back in 1985. There was also, I'm sure St. Elmo's Fire was also on your list of favorites. And then for me, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, of course. <laughs> there was a few others like Weird Science and Real Genius had the impact on my life. I really loved the, those two films. It was uh, a big year for Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, it was. Also, Crush Groove came out. Hey, check out the stars. Sheila E. Run DMC. The Fat Boys. Yeah, the Fat Boys! And Curtis Blow. The story. It's a lot of screaming and noise. It's not music. We're selling records we don't even have. I want parents to turn this music off, all right? The sound. And and also <laughs> a, a big comedy, Lost in America. Albert Brooks is uh, just just tremendous, amazing. Loved it. Albert uh, Brooks is a comedic genius. Yeah. Um, also, I'm I'm shocked this wasn't maybe this was a. This one probably won a Raspberry the next year. The movie Perfect. Do you remember that with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis? About I aer- do. Aerobics. Yeah, they still have those memes of like uh, of uh, those pelvic thrusts uh, that they yep. that you, <laughs> love it. Good stuff. The one movie I was going to mention is a, a film called Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which starred future TV stars Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen Hunt, and Shannon Doherty. Also in there. Gina Gershon, Hank Azaria playing man in bar. <laughs> um, Cindy Lauper was also in it, not credited, but uh, she was the woman in diner. Robert Downey Jr. played oh. the punk party crasher and a uh, friend of the show, Richard Blade as DTV host. Wow. That is a, that launched all those, all those actors into the stratosphere. Indeed. Yeah, I wonder if that was their their starting point. I'm sure it was one of them. This one must have been a Raspberry Award. This was Jim Cotta with Kurt Thomas. It combines gym, gymnastics and karate. This was because you know Karate Kid in '84 was huge, and Kurt Thomas, gold medalist, like all right, let's give him a film, and they created Jim Cotta. His name, Kurt Thomas. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline, the timing, and the power of gymnastics with the explosive force of karate. And a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Jim Cotta. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. Oh, no, I do not remember oh, that. Wow, and I, with good my, reason. My friends and I, we, yeah, we used to just crack up. You used over. to try to do Jim Cotta? I, we might have actually, 
watched it, gone to a theater, just like, this is, we have to see this. And it was, it, it was too much to, it was just perfect. Was it, was it, was it, I Every, need to see this on the big screen? Everything you need to see. No, I mean, it was before, yeah, it's like, I'm not going to wait for, for Blockbuster to put this out. That is good to know about you. I'm going to tuck that little fact away. Yeah, Jim Cotta. Talking all about 1985. We're going to do a commercial for New Coke right now, right? Is that is that still around? Well, whatever new product is is out there, we're going to be hawking it. So uh, give a listen, please, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to 2022, I mean 1985, on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Okay, so here is the big difference between us being, you know, well, we weren't teenagers in 1985, but being youngsters in 1985 and the Oscar, the Best Picture Oscar winner. Do you remember what it was? I was looking at the list and thinking, I don't remember most of these. I don't think I saw any of these. I don't think I went back to see any of these. Yeah. A lot of these are, are should be on my list of movies to revisit. Um, because I I did not give this the proper attention that they deserved. Well, okay, you can you can put them on the list, but I'm certain you've seen the best picture. So the best picture Oscar winner was Amadeus. Oh yeah, one of one of my I've seen many 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 times. I yeah. still quote the too many notes thing whenever I hear a song that I don't like. Yeah, you know, too many notes. Uh, no, but you did not see it back then, right? I'm sure you saw it later. I feel like it probably would have been something that I saw in college, probably later. But it's okay. become, yeah, one of my all-time favorite movies. I own it on Laserdisc. <laughs> Laserdisc? Do you still have a Laserdisc player? It broke. I have a lot of Laserdiscs <laughs> that I have nowhere to play them, so I don't know what to do with Oh, I think we got rid of all of those. I think I we know. just finally gave up. Yeah, I know. We, I've mentioned the raspberries, so let's, we should just acknowledge the winners in 85 of the, the Academy Awards. So it was Amadeus as Best Picture, Best actor, F. Murray Abraham, which I used to always say, F. Murray Abraham and his, <laughs> and his amazing acting. He he won for Amadeus. Sally Field, oh. Places in the Heart. Did you ever see that? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I did not see any. And then supporting actor, Hying S. Nador for The Killing Fields, which I yep. did not see. And Peggy Ashcroft for A Passage to India. Both great movies that I've yet to see you know just award-winning movies that should i did not recognize by going to them i'm sure you're going to watch all these because you you watch a lot of movies i i do i think well because we are in 1985 i probably need to revisit these i like i like revisiting i like the old-timey movies now and i guess 1985 qualifies as (laughs) old-timey it does now oh okay so i should also mention for 1985 and and the academy awards i did go to the academy awards museum recently which is something you need to visit and i saw that the best documentary went to the times of harvey milk and they mentioned that for the acceptance speech one of the producers thanked his partner which is the first time that someone had acknowledged on stage that they had a gay lover or in 1985. A, a yeah, 1985. Yeah. Right? Before that, there, were, there was Nobody never, was that gay. was never a thing. Nobody was gay until yeah. 1985 when there was an acknowledgement that, oh, this could be a thing. So I was thinking, so, so these are a few of the people who passed away in 1985. 
and it, looking at looking at the list, I've only picked a few. They seemed really old to me at the time. Like, and now like I can't believe in thinking about how old how old they were. So Rock Hudson from AIDS. Yeah, yeah. but see, we didn't take the things that we we didn't know were unf- unfamiliar with. So there's Rock Hudson, Orson Welles, Yul Brenner. How old was like Orson Welles, who seemed ancient? He was seventy. Seventy. Okay. Yeah, I just counted okay. that on my fingers. Okay. <laughs> wow, very talented. Yeah. Do you want to hear about things that were born in 1985? Yes, I do. Okay. On April 23rd, the release of New Coke came out. <laughs> and, Coke. and now we enjoy New Coke to this day. It's <laughs> not. Can you imagine? I was trying to think, like, they changed it up completely. Can you imagine if, like, yeah, there's marketing classes on this. But I was, I was trying to think of something comparable. And it might be like if Tim Cook suddenly said, you know what, um, we're not going to have the iPhone anymore. We're going to, we completely revamped it. It's going to be completely different because it's just, uh, because it's too successful or something. There's never been a better taste. There's never been a better Coke. Introducing the greatest taste discovery in a hundred years. Introducing the new taste of Coca-Cola. A taste that is Coke and everything a Coke means. A taste that's very familiar, yet totally new. A taste so good, so real, it couldn't be anything but a Coke. The great new taste of Coke. Watch for it, try it, and enjoy the best tasting Coke ever. I mean, Coca-Cola right. Why was... Why would you do? Why would you mess with perfection? Right. I mean, you know, there's updates with iPhones and stuff like that, but there's, it, it was kind of, it's comparable. It's to called that. the iPhone. Yeah. It's called, it's Coca, <laughs> right. You're called, it's Coca-Cola. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, immediately it lasted three months, three months. <laughs> right? That's a, that's a big, I wonder what the, the, how much money was lost in that marketing or how much was spent yeah. to no, market that for I, it to only last three months. Yeah. Insane. But you know, yeah. for Coca-Cola for or like not digging in, like, no, you're going to like this. There was also, because, you know, I love my Christmas movies. There was a great uh, Christmas movie la- uh, last year called 8-Bit Christmas. Did you, uh, did you watch radar. that? That was um, Neil Patrick Harris was in there. It was kind of like a Christmas story where, um, where he wanted to get his, the toy he wanted to get. Instead of a Red Rider BB gun, he wanted to get a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. And just everything that went on about that. So that the uh, the Nintendo debuted in '85. Uh, oh, yeah. Also debuting Calvin and Hobbes, the comic strip. One of my Whoa. one of my favorites. Okay. I bought all the uh, the books. <laughs> I read, you know, every day. But then I also, you know, like I needed all in, they, in yes. one in one little <laughs> in a book form. <laughs> so yeah, Calvin and Hobbes just uh, tremendous. And what, oh, you know who else died in uh, on December sixteenth in New York City? American mafia bosses Paul Castellano and Thomas Bellotti are shot dead in front of Sparks Steakhouse, making hit organizer John Gotti the leader of the powerful Gambino crime family. He died on an empty stomach, and because it happened that way, the theory is the biggest mafia rubout of the decade took place with considerable help from inside the dead mobster's family. Six shell casings were on the pavement of East 46th Street, right next to the body of Paul Castellano Sr., the top mafiosi in the United States, the heir to the Gambino family, indeed the son-in-law of the late Carlo Gambino, on trial for conspiracy and racketeering in a case stemming from an alleged auto theft ring. 
Ten feet away, Castellano's driver and bodyguard, 45-year-old Thomas Bellotti, the keys to his late model limousine, not far from his hand. They were shot numerous times with automatic weapons. Questions. Where were they hit? They were hit in the head and in the body. So we can say that 1985 was, was when he took over the Gambino yeah, family. That's right. That's the the note of the I, news of the year. That's yeah. That's uh, that's when Sopranos uh, spark. You know, crazy. That was eighty five. I mean, that was like in our lifetime. Like these these crime families were going on. It was. <laughs> oh, this I thrive on. This I love this shit. Oh wow! Yeah, it's craziness. Oh, also, uh, Commodore launches the Amiga personal computer in July on July twenty third. <laughs> Did you have a Commodore? Which what was your first computer? My first computer. Uh, I used to work on one at my first job. That was my first computer. I cannot even remember my first home computer. It must have been like a, a an HP or something. I think it was. Yeah. But I've been working on a Mac now as long as I can remember. But at, at work, I remember how massive it was. My, fir- my first post-college job at Westwood One. Yeah. The computer, I don't know, took up, you know, from front to back. as much space. DOS? DOS-based? Yeah. 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 What was yours? Uh, we had a home computer. It was the Apple IIe is what we had. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, it was a nightmare trying to put together, because it was 85, like putting together college papers. Yes. I, wow. It was, it was so difficult because just lining up the, printing out things. And I remember printing out things that ha- that had more than one page was a nightmare because I was trying to make sure it all lined up because it was, it was on the, the dotted, like you had the, yeah, line, the, the, line, the what do you call it? The perforated paper. You just had to line it up and it, yeah, it never matched up exactly as I wanted it to. So my, yeah, it was, it was a mess. Dot but, matrix printer. Yeah. Um, you could have continued on with your IBM Selectric. Yeah. Typewriter. I, uh, Okay, so your first computer, your first computer that year, did you also have, there's another company that debuted that year, and it happened to be the company that held my first email address. Oh, yeah? What was that? Mm-hmm. That would be AOL, oh. or America Online. That debuted in 85? 85. Wow. Debuted, founded May 24th, 1985. How about that? Yeah. All right. And uh, along with uh, some of the other companies that debuted that year, uh, Blockbuster. Okay. Oh, very good. I've mentioned Blockbuster. I, I get, I, I mean, we just rented from our, our record store. I remember going to music plus and. You know, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. But it. before any of the, the strictly video yeah. uh, Blockbuster and what were, I don't even remember the so other It one. wasn't until 85 that they de- debuted. So they had, it wasn't, they didn't have a long run though. Right. So Blockbuster was like, they were, they were done by 20. So like 20, like 20 years. years? Yeah. Not, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, 85 was also the year that Lauren Michaels returned to Saturday Night Live oh. in, in 1985. The first episode was November 9th, 1985. The host was Madonna. The music was by Simple Minds. And they what sa- they play? Alive and Kicking and Sanctify Yourself. <gasps> Pretty good, huh? Wow. Yeah. The cast from 85. Joan Cusack, Robert Downey Jr., Anthony Michael Hall, John Lovitz, Randy Quaid, and uh, Dennis Miller was uh, Weekend Update. Weekend Update, yeah. yeah. 
And then, yeah, the beginning of Lauren Michaels' reign, okay, he's still doing it. It's crazy. I'm not sure I remembered him not being SNL. Well, he left after five years, like, you know, the initial cast, they all left. I think he was, yeah, so I think he left in 1980. And then, yeah, so he's gone for like five years. You know, we've men- I mentioned that um, there was a first mention of um, someone mentioning their, their gay partner on, uh, on the Oscars. On December 3rd, Courtney Cox was in a commercial and she mentioned a word for the first time. Would you, do you know what this word is? I do not. For a commercial. What? This is for the word period. Oh, was she in a commercial first for... Uh... First time ever mentioned. Do you change your life for one week because of that time of the month? Still using pads? Then let me tell it to you straight. Tampax can change the way you feel about that time. Tampax tampons protect differently than a pad, so you feel cleaner. And feeling cleaner is more comfortable. Plus, more women use Tampax than any other tampon or pad. Now that's something. Remember, there's a feeling with Tampax. It can actually change the way you feel about your period. Wow. No, I don't. I did not. Well, good, good, good factoid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know. Lucy couldn't say pregnant back in the 50s. Oh, I know. Right? It's crazy. I know. And then, yeah, 30 years later, they're still... Uh, she can't say period. Still wow. Still holding us That's, back. So 1985 was a good year. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a number of firsts. So uh, progressive. Yeah, so progressive. <laughs> I saw the, um, the 1985 Super Bowl halftime show. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Air Force Thompson Blue is proud to present a Super Bowl 19 Dreams for children of all ages in the land of make-believe. Halftime shows were not what they were back in the day. By the way, you can always tell how old I am by uh, the number Super Bowl. So Super Bowl 19, won by the 49ers over the Dolphins, 38-16. So I'm thinking that they didn't care much about the ratings for the halftime show as they do now? They didn't realize what a juggernaut the halftime show could be. It was a more innocent time. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah, girls didn't get periods and... uh, People weren't gay. Yeah, people weren't gay, yeah. Speaking of sports as we were yeah that kansas city royals beat the st louis cardinals yes and valley in the in the world series yes and valley star the uh from uh, cleveland high school from the san fernando valley brett saberhagen was a pitcher i think he won the mvp that year he wow yeah that's big news big yeah valley boy does good <laughs> yeah that's terrible english <laughs> for basketball do you know who won that year oh, who won the Lakers over the Celtics, the rivals, the way it should be. That's right. Yeah. Of course. Lakers finally, yeah, beat the Celtics four games to two. Spectacular. What a great moment. Uh, and you know who won the Stanley Cup? No. The Oilers. It's important to some people. Sure. Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was on the <laughs> yes. team. So yeah, that's important. Also, let's see, debuting 
uh, for TV, go back to TV. You're uh, obsessed. Well, these were the debuts. Moonlighting, Larry King Live, The Golden Girls, and MacGyver. I got confused because on January 20th, there was a show called Magruder and Loud. Tuesday. I'm going in. Cop killers are begging for trouble. Three cops are down. And they go gunning for TV's only married cops. Hold it. Don't move. Showtime. Magruder and Loud at 9, 8 Central. Tuesday. Did you ever uh, see Magruder and Loud? Doesn't sound familiar at oh, all to me. Well, there's a reason. It, it lasted about as long as New Coke. This was, <laughs> this was an Aaron Spelling show. Debuted in January, off the air by April. But MacGyver lives on. Can we go back to technology for a minute? We were talking please, about computers. Please go ahead. Microsoft released Windows 1.0 in 1985. Nice. I do remember. Yeah, my first job. Yeah, I guess as you're thinking, like in 19, it wasn't until 1990. I was in New York. And some, I remember my boss saying, have you heard of Windows? Are you familiar with that? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, but back then our, our minds were so much more agile. We, could, we got familiar with everything really quickly. True. So true. <laughs> yeah. Music briefly, we should go as we, we started it off with uh, talking about VH1. But of course, the, the big, big thing was, uh, was MTV. Do you know the video of the year for 1985? I do not. Do tell. Uh, nominees are Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with Don't Come Around Here No More. USA for Africa. We are the world. David Lee Roth, just a gigolo, slash, I ain't got nobody. David Lee Roth with California Girls, nominated twice. And Don Henley, The Boys of Summer. Who won that year? Oh, you know, I really don't remember, but I'm guessing the sentiment I'm going with USA for Africa. No, it was Don Henley, The Boys of (gasps) Summer, won that year. That's so exciting for me. (laughs) Okay. He's, you know, he's funny, one of my favorites. Sure. Funny man, Don Henley. <laughs> he's, he's, but you have to find the humor in Don Henley yeah. in well, his, in his angst and his, you know, sarcasm and yeah, yeah it's Ooh. there. It's there. You just got to look for it. Sure. Hosting that year was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. True. Funny man. That. However, also funny man slash singer, Eddie Murphy, because he got to sing his smash hit party all the time. Yes. Also singing songs, performing on the show. Sting, solo Sting. If you love somebody, set them free. Mm-hmm. Pat Benatar's Seven Rooms of Gloom. Do you know that one? I don't remember that song. I don't know that one. Huh. John Cougar Mellencamp, <laughs> Lonely Old Night, Tears for Fears, Shout. It was a big year for Tears for Fears. Yes. VH1 stars Hollow Notes. With David Ruffin and Eddie Kendrick, do the way you do the things you do, slash my girl. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then uh, the Eurythmics did Would I Lie to You. So that was the 1985 show. 
pretty good. That is a good show. Right? It's a great show. Yeah, it used to be something we had to watch. Not yeah. So, not so much anymore, but... No, it's been yeah. a long time since it was something that you and I had to watch. Yeah, we're the old now. We had our day. Yeah. And we will talk about Live Aid later. We'll, when, as, well, yes, because for sure. It's, because it's 1985. It was big. And the only reason I, I'll mention Live Aid now is because Bob Dylan mentioned that... Um, on stage at Live Aid. I just like to say, I hope that some of the money that's raised for all the people in Africa, maybe they could just take a little bit of it, maybe one or two million, maybe, and use it, say, to pay the uh, pay the mortgages on some of the farms and, and that the farmers here owe to the banks. Anyway, because of what he said on uh, on stage at Live Aid, there was Farm Aid, and that yes. made its debut in September. And that was also the first appearance of Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar together as Van Halen. Van two, Hagar. Van Hagar, or Van Halen 2.0. So that, that was Which, their first public appearance, was at Farm Aid. And it lasted, they, they lasted longer than New Coke. Much they, longer. They did. They were highly successful. I know you would think you would blow up something so successful that it wouldn't work, but uh, this did, in fact, do pretty well. Thank, I, I, thankfully. What else you got, Holly? Oh, I've got some great factoids, but also have some music that is not K-Rock related, like the Billboard year-end stuff. But I have a couple little factoids that I think you might find of interest. Okay. Average cost of a new home. Do you remember in in the U.S. in 1985? No, you wouldn't remember because we were too young and we weren't even thinking of buying a home, but it was $100,000. We didn't talk fashion at all, but I think it was pretty much the same from 1984 to 1985. So shoulder pads and members only and parachute pants and leg warmers. So it's pretty much the same. Had had all of those, except uh, probably not the leg warmer. Yeah, I 1985. I don't think I, don't I put. I, I never put on some leg warmers. My sister. I know my sister did all that stuff. Of course. Yeah. In 1985, New York was the first state to uh, require seatbelts. So they were the first state to implement a seatbelt law, and it was only in the front seat. It was not in the back seat at the time, but I thought was sure. set it all in motion. Kids are kids are in the back seat. That's not, they're not important. They're expendable. Yeah, everyone knows that. So uh, this is the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles from 1985. Okay, so go ahead. Okay, number 10 was Take On Me from Aha. Aha. Number nine was Crazy For You from Madonna. From uh, from that uh, wrestling movie, Crazy For You. Vision oh, Quest. Vision Quest. Vision Quest. <laughs> <laughs> At first, all Loudon Swain could think of was getting in shape. <laughs> But since he met the girl of his dreams, all he can think of is her shape. You're not from around here, are you? Are you kidding me? Trenton, New Jersey. She doesn't have any transportation or any place to stay or anything. And I was wondering, maybe we can ask her to stay with us. I like that. And now that she's moved into his house. Who's that girl? He can't keep his mind on what he's doing. The girl of my dreams lives under my own roof. I see her every day, but she thinks I'm a kid. From 1985, yeah. Vision God, Quest. you're right. The wrestling movie. That's funny. From John Peters and Peter Goober. Nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I'm crazy for you. So that was Vision Quest. Okay, number eight, Money for Nothing from Dire Straits. And our yes, good friend, w- John Ilsley. Yeah, it was all about Dire Straits in 85. Yeah, totally. 
Uh, number seven, everybody wants to rule the world. Tears uh, also tears the years of tears. Yeah, two tears for tears. So. Out of touch from Daryl Hall and John Oates. Number five was I feel for you from Shaka Khan. Number four, mm. I want to know what love is from Foreigner. Mm. Wham, wake me up before you go go. Okay, Madonna, like a virgin, and number one was Careless Whisper from Wham. Ah, there you go. That's a good and list. That, <laughs> yeah, that gives that's two Wham songs in the top ten. Two Madonna songs also. Yeah, make it big and songs from the big chair. God, that just this just brought it all back. Those were those albums ugh, were just delicious. Also, Duran Duran makes a lot of there are a lot of Duran Duran songs because Arena, which uh, was released that year, and there were a lot of Duran Duran songs on the top one hundred the the year end Hot one hundred singles. Yeah, it was a view of uh, Wild Boys, a view to a kill. That was obviously from the movie. These, this is from the 1986 Grammy Awards, but uh, you know the year. But these are for songs from 1985. The record of the year, "We Are the World." Album of the year. Okay, so there's also Whitney Houston's debut is in there. Brother, oh. brother and brothers in arms. Dream of the Blue Turtles. We are the world, and no jacket required by Phil Collins. Whit won the award that year. Was it Sting? No, it's no jacket required. Phil Collins. Okay. Indeed. I feel like we should have some applause here. Song of the year was We Are the World. Okay, yeah. Oh, best new artist, Charday. Ah, <laughs> uh, On this list, uh, Julian Lennon, Katrina and the Waves, Freddie Jackson, and AHA were also nominated for best new artist. Anyway, there you go. Awards. I love them. <laughs> Yeah, and music. Do you have anything else you would like to tell me about 1985, Dave? Just that we are going to be counting down K-Rock's top hits, and we'll be looking at those songs in 10-song chunks. Holly and I will do the first episode, and then we'll we'll have uh, other guests come in to, to talk about a lot of these songs that you might have forgotten, a lot that we've forgotten yeah. that, are, that were played back in 1985. Yeah, we love having the insight of our friends. Yeah, so it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Let's wrap up this episode. Remember to, uh, hopefully, if you enjoyed it, to subscribe and give us a nice rating. Check us out. YouTube clips uh, from Holly are on our YouTube channel. <laughs> we'll do some outtakes from this episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, of which there'll be a lot. <laughs> right. So just do a search for What Differences Make podcast. You should find us on social media. Where are, what's, uh, what's the secret initial? You can find us at WDDIM Podcast on all social media or What Difference Does It Make on YouTube. Yeah, looking forward to getting started for this year. Until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo. Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.